Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fat Loss Uncomplicated podcast. We are here on episode 14, and we're here with the amazing Grace. How are you, Grace? I am good. My legs are sore. I feel like I'm going to say that for the next six months with this, with this training. It's <laughs> um, a bit of a habit on the start of this podcast. We start yeah. it and then you moan about how sore you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sore, guys. I'm sore again. And we haven't even done the first race and we've just signed up for our second one in May. So we're in Glasgow in March and then London in May. Oh, so, yeah. I think I saw something about on your stories about London. I've, I've yeah. been seeing quite a few of these High Rocks um, competitions on my stories see it seems like a lot of people are getting into them yeah because they're like it, the mo- the movements are kind of movements everybody can do and it's for that's why i think it's much more appealing to people rather than crossfit crossfit you know is a lot of um high-tech do handstands and swing on bars <laughs> i mean absolute bullshit when are you gonna need a handstand press up your way out of like danger like she's um, but yeah, high rocks. I think it's just really, it's really foundational movements. It's like it doesn't matter where you're ten stone, twenty stone. You haven't trained. You have trained. Like it's doable. Mm. I think it's kind of it's you versus the clock. So it's you versus you, and it's not really CrossFit and those other styles. Is you versus someone else. So I think that's why it's really appealing. People go to high rocks race to high rocks race to like better their time to get fitter. So I think that's certainly what appealed to me. But yeah, I'm constantly sore. And then I'm doing a mixed. My brother and I are doing a mixed team, like little mini high rocks next weekend. So nice. that should be fun. Um, that's just a bit of bunter. Um, he's an adaptive athlete. So we'll just see kind of how we get on. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of fun with that. But yeah, just get ready for like between now and May for every podcast for me to start with. I'm sore. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're ready. We're ready. So, anyway, today we're going we're gonna to touch on the episode title is Why You're Not Losing Fat. So we're going to branch off in many different directions with this one. Some of mine will be mindset related. The others will be sort of process related. But we're going to touch on why you, why essentially people struggle to lose fat. Mm. Um, have you got anywhere that you would want to start with this one, Grace? Uh, I mean, I don't really want to start so obvious, but I'm going to just go ahead and start with the most obvious. And that's just, you're not in a calorie deficit. I mean, we might as well just start right there, you know, so, or it's very inconsistent. So you need to be overall in that calorie deficit over your week. That's where fat, that's what fat loss is primarily driven by being in a, in a calorie, calorie deficit. So that's where you're burning more calories than you consume. You know, if your maintenance is 2000 and you're eating 1500, you're in that deficit. Most people, if they're not tracking their food, then they think, oh, I'm eating 1,200 calories, I'm eating 1,300 calories. And realistically, they're probably eating 18, 1,900 calories. So the big one I would say, and I know we would see a lot, is you're not in that calorie deficit and you're not sustaining it, or it's very, very inconsistent. I would say um, a good sort of stepping stone from that question is a lot of clients why do clients believe they are in a calorie deficit when they're actually not i think that would be a helpful one to touch on because one of mine that i've got here at the top of my page is i'm eating 1200 calories and i'm not losing weight and i think this is so so popular like the amount of clients we've got that come to us that believe they are in a calorie deficit they are eating 
very little calories. We've had clients come to us that should be able to lose body fat on 2000 calories that actually believe I'm eating 1200 calories and they're still not losing any weight. And I think this always comes down to a combination of they're eating more than that, what they think they are on their good days and on their bad days, they're not accounting for them properly. And it's, I think it's always a combination of the two, even on the good days, the Monday to Thursday, where they're trying to sort of be on it with the diet and the tracking things, they're, they're eating more than what they think. They're consuming more than what they think, whether it be through uh, sauces, oils, maybe they're not tracking alcohol, coffee. It's normally stuff, which is fats because mm. fats are nine calories per gram compared to carbs, which are sort of four calories per gram. So when people are consuming more calories than what they think they are, it normally is down to little areas of the diets where they're not tracking the fats. And it's normally the oils, the sauces, the butters, that sort of thing. And the other part of it is they're just not accounting for their bad days properly. Yeah. So even if they're not even if they're not tracking the calories accurately enough on the good days, on the bad days, they're just not accounting for a big chunk of it. They're not tracking alcohol. They're having a full day off tracking on Saturday when they go out and eat out. Like you've got to understand that even if you eat a, a fairly reasonable amount of calories Monday to Friday, if you don't track Saturday and Sunday and it, it goes way up with your calories, that brings your average amount of calories higher. Yeah, and I think that we we would see that with clients, especially in the early stages, where they're brilliant at tracking Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, and then they're terrible Saturday and Sunday and they go out and they go, oh, I didn't track. Now, there will be times when the clients will go, guys, I'm not going to track this Saturday or this Sunday. I've got I've got an occasion on. But that's normally better if you're further into the process and you're way more mindful and you can actually eyeball a lot of what you're eating and really understand it. But certainly early on in the process, yeah. it's a really good idea to track all of your weekends. You know, we had someone last week that had like nearly a three and a half thousand calorie day and it was all tracked. They didn't put their head in the sand. They didn't pretend that they didn't have it. But actually, when you looked at their week, they were still in a calorie deficit. It just was quite a small deficit. But for them, it was really good to be able to track, you know, every single thing that they had. If you're being brilliant Monday to Friday and you're not tracking and you're going, oh, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that Saturday and Sunday, you're actually going to find you've taken yourself out of a calorie deficit nine times out of 10 because of your weekends. So it's that inconsistency, sticking yeah. your head in the sand and pretending that Saturday and Sunday doesn't count. You know, it's it's not terrible. It's not a bad thing to have a higher calorie day or a higher calorie weekend. That's why we would say use your maintenance calories. But you need to track to see where you're at. How do you know where you're at if you don't, if, if you're, it's not tracked? If it's not measured, it's not managed. Yeah, agreed. Um, and And I think one more thing to add on to that is... If you are not making progress right now, you are always better to try make your bad days slightly less shit than to try make your good days even better. And I think that's what a lot of people fall into when they know that they want to lose a bit more body fat. They look at what they're already doing well and they think, right, on my good days, I'll try to lower my calories even more on my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But they don't fucking spend time thinking, hmm, Maybe I could just make my Saturdays a slightly less shit. Maybe 
I could swap my alcohol choices and drink some spirits instead of ciders. Maybe when I'm having that meal out, I could just go for a, a starter and a main instead of a dessert as well. Like people don't think about making their bad days slightly less shit, but they always think about making the good days even better. And I think you're going to make a lot more progress by just looking at your bad days and thinking, how can I manage that even slightly better than what it is? That's where you're going to lose body fat. So one that I wanted to speak on is I think a lot of women overly focus on weight loss without actually focusing on feeling their best. And I think that can be a really tough area to lose weight because you can get overly focused on what the scale is doing. Have I lost a pound this week? And I think one of the main reasons why people don't lose weight is they don't just focus on healthy habits, which will get them feeling their best. Because we, you will get better results when you stop overly focusing on weight loss and just focus on how can I show up at my best? When you feel your best, it's easier to make healthy choices. When you're in a good mood, you're more likely to go for a walk. You're more likely to eat a healthy meal. Like Think of the days where you wake up and you just feel refreshed, well-slept. You feel great. You are more likely to make health-seeking behaviors if you feel good about yourself. But when you feel shit, when you feel underslept, when you're stressed, you're more likely to make poor decisions. You're more likely to order a takeaway. You're more likely to be lazy. And I think when you shift that focus from I want to lose weight onto I want to feel great, losing weight and losing body fat often comes as a byproduct anyway. But this time when you focus on, on, on feeling good, you end up in a process which feels a lot more sustainable because you end up enjoying it. And you end up with results that you can maintain for life because you've enjoyed how you got there. And we all know that short-term behaviors lead to short-term results. So I think a lot of women need to stop focusing on weight loss and start focusing on what could I do to myself to make myself feel my best. Yeah, I think that's massive. And I think certainly we've seen that over the last couple of weeks with like so many new clients that there's a real focus on the scales and then whenever you kind of go someday someday i'll go well, i've only lost a pound or i've said the same and you go well what's your energy levels like now oh they're way better you know what's your level of self-care like oh it's much improved i'm actually taking some time for myself you know do you feel stronger and fitter over the last few weeks yeah i do how are your clothes fitting? Oh, they're, they're actually fitting better. I was able to fit into, you know, a smaller size of jeans or I was able to get back into a dress I haven't worn in months, you know, and they forget all of these amazing lifestyle changes that weren't there before and they just solely zoom in on the scales, you know, and as I said to somebody the other day in a chat, you know, I had 160 pounds to lose. You would think I'd lose weight every week with eight plus stone to lose, but I didn't. You know, I had a few weeks where weight loss was stalled. Fat loss was a bit stalled. But I was seeing all these positive changes in my life and how I felt. And that's what to focus on. You know, that that's kind of moved past that the scales are the be on the end all. Because if you do that, you miss how you feel. You're now prioritizing you. You're way further up your list. You're going to feel better in pretty much every avenue of your life. But yet you totally forget about all that because the scales does, don't say what you want them to say. And if you focus on your lifestyle, on your habits, on how you feel, 
then this process is just way more enjoyable. And the enjoyment is everything. Yeah. It is literally everything. Like you will you will not get to where you want to be if you resent the process. And some people, like a lot of women that we speak to, genuinely come into this process with a really bad relationship with food. They've been yo-yo dieting for years nonstop. And they genuinely believe that I'm not going to be able to get where I want to be. And that, that mindset comes from every single diet that you've done in the past, you've resented the process. Mm. And why would you not, why would you come into the next one feeling hunky dory and, and positive? Like it's all going to be smooth sailing. You, a lot of women have sort of programmed themselves to believe that a diet has to be restrictive. It has to feel like shit. It has to be a grind and it has to be a period of my life where I put things on hold to focus on this. And then most of the time they just fucking rebound back from it anyway and gain the weight back, which when you say it like that, it doesn't sound fucking fun, does it? No, no. And it's like for most women, it's not, it's not been a fun process. Most women have been dieting their whole life since they were a teenager. And they go, well, I'm supposed to be fucking yeah. miserable. I'm not allowed to ever go out. I'm not allowed to have any food that I like. You know, and it's that they very quickly with us realize that you have this big level of flexibility. There's still that level of accountability there, but you're going to you're gonna understand calories, a deficit in your nutrition way more. And you feel so much more empowered. It doesn't have to be fucking miserable. I wasn't miserable losing weight. You know, it, you, you can have the foods that you love but we're going to do it in a really mindful way and it's going to be fun doing it. It's like if somebody says, I want to work on my cardiovascular fitness, so I'm going to go and run and you go, oh, okay. You obviously, you want, you love running. And they're like, no, I fucking hate it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that won't last very long. Like that'll be fucking miserable. Is there anything else that you like to do? Oh, I like swimming. Go and do that then. Like don't, don't, if this is, if this is something that's going to make you miserable, it's not going to work. And for most women, before they come to us, they're miserable. And all of a sudden they go, actually, this process yeah. is enjoyable. I don't feel restricted and it fits into my lifestyle. And that we're like, that's the dream. That's what we do. That is the dream. That is the dream. I think most women come, their idea of dieting is I'll work really hard for a couple of months, put my life on hold. I'll cut back on these things that I enjoy doing, like going out for meals, having a takeaway on I'll cut back on the things that give me that little bit of pleasure in my life and I'll just battle through for a couple of months I'll lose the weight and I'll feel great that that is such a fucking ridiculous way of thinking about dieting and and like what what part of that process makes you believe that you're going to sustain this mm. and like like I just said like short term behaviors lead to short term results if you're doing something to lose body fat right now that you know you won't be able to maintain, then you might as well just fucking wave your results goodbye as well because you're not gonna you're not gonna maintain like the process is life. Like you need to do something that you, when we say enjoy the process, if you want to maintain your results, the the process is life. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. got to be something that you could see yourself doing forever. So. In, in in our way of thinking, I just genuinely believe the fast way of losing body fat is never the sustainable way of losing body fat. 
And I think a lot of women come into this thinking, I need to lose a stone as quick as possible. If you lose a stone as quick as possible, and we could do that, we could cut out your carbs, we could sit you in a sauna, we could lose a stone in, in a couple of weeks easily. If we just dehydrate, you cut out all carbs, you lose a ton of glycogen from your muscles. Like we could do that in two weeks, but are you going to feel good? Are you going to maintain that? Is it actually fat loss or is it just water weight that we're losing? Like you've got to have your sights on a more sustainable future, not just, right, I want to lose a stone. That's it. That, that'll make me happy. No, it won't. It really won't. Yeah. Agreed. I think always ask, like, if I can't do this for a year, then it's not doable. That's the, you know, you want habits that you yeah. can ingrain in your life that feel very doable. Like if you're setting yourself a target to hit 20,000 steps a day, how long is that going to last? You know, so make, make your habits really sustainable and always ask, can I do this for the long term? That's how to approach fat loss. Exactly. And you will often find that the same habits that I know we've spoken about like feeling good about yourself, like the same actions that will get you feeling good are the same actions that will help fat loss. Only your intentions are slightly different behind them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. going out for a walk, that'll make you feel good. Fueling your body well, that'll make you feel good. Doing some form of exercise three, four times a week, that'll make you feel good. But the narrative isn't, I need to lose weight. It's, I need to feel my best. And I think this massively, this one plays into people when they say that they don't have enough time or I've got too many things on my plate to add diet and exercise right now. Like how many times have you heard that? I've got so much on my plate right now. I just don't think I can add diet and exercise to, to my responsibilities for the day. And my thought to that would always be, instead of thinking of diet and exercise as another thing to think about, another thing to add onto my plate, you need to flip this on its head and think, well, my life's always going to be busy. I've got kids, I've got a job, I've got these things, I've got these responsibilities. How do I create the capacity to be able to fit all these things into my life? And when you flip it on its head and think, it's not about knocking things off my priority list. It's about how do I make myself a person that has the capacity to fit all these things in and still live a happy life. And the truth is, if you want to fit all these things into your life, you need to be someone who prioritizes the health. You need to be someone who's fit, who's got energy, who exercises, who fuels the body well. That's how you should be thinking about diet and exercise. It, it increases your capacity to live a fulfilled life and fit more things in and have a really full life of things that you enjoy doing that's how you should be looking at diet and exercise going into the list of things that you're doing yeah and i think we we often prioritize what we feel is important and if you're saying that my health my well-being is not important you're not going to prioritize it you know we'll prioritize everything else most women especially moms will prioritize everything else other than themselves and you will always, when something is really important to you, you will always start to prioritize it. So think, ask yourself, how important is your health? And it should be really fucking important. So start to treat it like that. Make it near the top of your list every single day, every single week. And prioritize what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and when you're going to do it. And you're going to see results from that. 
you know, we'll often prioritize like a Netflix show over going for a walk. And that's going to tell you where, where your priorities lie. And it's not like that Kim Kardashian, like we all have 24 hours in the day. Like we know some people are busier than others, but we can still prioritize our health in a way that fits into our life. Agreed. Agreed. Love that Kim Kardashian quote. I know, do you remember that? That took but some I, backlash. Everybody lost their shit over it. <laughs> was it, was it Kim Kardashian? Yeah, it was Kim Kardashian, was, wasn't it? That. She's like, we all have 24 hours in the day. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you doing with your job? <laughs> Injecting your arse? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all have 24 hours, but some people are incredibly busy. Let's take a bit of a turn from that because the next one out had to be the next the next big reason as to why a lot of people die losing body fat is that this is my quote. Don't be mad at the results you didn't get <laughs> due to the work you didn't put in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people simply are not willing to change anything about their life or put in the required amount of effort to see any changes mm-hmm. they're mad about the results that they didn't fucking work for and it's like we do and this is this is the point where i would give someone a real kick up the ass in our coaching <laughs> and just say instead of asking me why you're not losing weight ask yourself why are you not ticking the boxes that will equate to weight loss because genuinely clients will be I'm worried. I'm not losing weight. I'm not doing that. It's not happening. It's not working for me. But at the same time, they're not doing the things that we told them to do that would equate to weight loss. And it's like, focus on the fucking process instead of worrying about the results. Mm-hmm. That That is a key for a lot of women, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's, it's understanding that your progress is going to come down to what you do. Like we can give you all the tools. We can literally hand you the toolbox and tell you how to use every single tool, but you have to use the tools. You know, you 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 are accountable. You are responsible for the effort that you put in. And if you're not tracking your food, for example, if you're not trying to hit your protein targets, if you're not getting any movement reception in the day, if you're missing workouts, if you're not staying hydrated, like what on earth do you expect? Like Dave and I do not have a fucking magic <laughs> wand to go, there's a stone lost, love. You know, like, you you have to put the work in. Uh, and that's such a good quote because I think it, we're kind of in the era where everybody wants everything fast. They want it done now and nobody wants to work. Like, we're in that kind of social yeah. media influencer era where, you know, everybody expects to earn lots of money without working, get the money they want without working, get the career they want without working. Uh, unless you're really fucking lucky, you, you have to put the work in, you know, like I, I didn't lose eight stone by, you know, kind of like, no, I'll do a bit here and I'll even do a bit there. I'll track foot here, do a bit of training there. Like it's fucking work, but is it worth it? You, you get the results when you put the work in and, and it comes down to sometimes as simple as that. And sometimes <clears throat> clients do need kind of a bit of that bit of that kick to be reminded that hey there's all the tools but you're not using them in fact you're being a tool <laughs> and I, I i think the struggle that a lot of clients have is making that link in their head between some of the things that we're asking them to do they probably think it's not as important as what it is yeah 
they Have might it. think mm, getting out on that walk, tracking my food before I eat it, planning out my food for the next day in advance, scheduling my workouts into my diary. They probably look at these things and think, mm, it's not that important to do. Like, even if I don't schedule my workout in, I can still do it. Even if I don't track my food before I eat it, I can still remember what I had earlier today. Like, even if I don't plan my food for tomorrow, I can still, I've still got the same food in the fridge. Like it's not going to make a difference, but it fucking is. Yeah. Trust me, it is. Like all these minor things that set you up for success, we're not telling you to do them just for a fucking piss take. We're not telling you to do them just to waste a bit of your time in the morning. We're telling you to do them because it fucking works. It sets you up for success. It makes you think about a problem before it becomes a problem. That's why we want you to do it. Do the small things and try make that link in your head between this walk is benefiting my long-term goal. You've got to make that co that mental correlation between these small, tiny behaviors. Are, are, are the behaviors, they are the stepping stones to where I want to be, not just a, a little pointless task that my coach asked me to do. I think that that's a big one. It's not kind of relating these small habits that we're asking you to kind of do each day, they are actually literally the building blocks of your result. And and your result will come from those really small habits. And it's not coming, progress doesn't come in fucking massive leaps and bounds. Progress is like really just consistent, steady, really sustainable changes. And it's those little habits that I'm getting out for a walk I'm going for a training session, I'm tracking my food, I'm trying to eat protein. They just seem so small. But when you add those and stack those up over seven days, three months, six months, a year, you're unrecognizable. And it's not because of a single training session or some sort of like, you know, magic that's happened. It's literally just those little building blocks. And those habits seem so small, but they are massive when it comes to leading to your overall result and if the clients that get the results are the ones that consistently track those habits and tick them off it's estimated that adults make on average thirty-five thousand conscious decisions each day that that is what we've got to contend with here Thirty-five thousand decisions that we could make in a day and each decision of course, carries different consequences that are both leading us either in the direction we want to go or away from it. So these tiny, minute little things like, right, put your food in my fitness pal before you eat it. Make sure that you've got an idea in my fitness pal how you're going to get your protein for the next day. Like these decisions all add up over time. They compound on top of each other to more consistency, better behaviors built. Anyway, Grace, have you got any more that we can go into from here? I think a couple of lifestyle ones. I'm going to put these in together. So two things go that can then. kind of impede your fat loss. Two big lifestyle ones, stress and sleep. So when it comes to sleep, inadequate Huge. sleep, yeah, massive, that's going to disrupt your hormone balance and it's going to make the hormones that regulate hunger and, and making you feel full make that those make it makes it harder then for you to lose weight because it really disrupts those what you'll find is if you have a really bad night of sleep your hunger hormone is going to be way more prevalent the next day 
So you're going to be way hungrier the next day if you've had a shit night's sleep, which is going to make sustaining a calorie deficit way more difficult because the last thing you want to be when you're in a calorie deficit is hungry. And that's why we want a high amount of protein. So a lack of sleep always leads to a lot more hunger the next day. And I actually find that you can't feel as full. So even if you were to eat your normal amount of calories, your fat loss calories, let's say a bad night's sleep and your fat loss calories are 1600 and you eat 1600 the next day after a bad night's sleep, you're probably going to find you don't feel full. So you're actually going to want more food. So sleep is massive when it comes to fat loss. Um, the next one then would be stress. So really chronic stress levels, that's going to elevate your cortisol level in your body. And that leads, yeah, usually leads to increased fat deposits, especially around the abdomen. So managing stress, like using mindfulness, relaxation techniques, going out for a walk, that's like a double whammy because you get your steps into, you know, thinking about ways where you can manage your stress and understand, understand your stress triggers, it's going to be huge. And you're going to find that if you're ticking your boxes, but you're not starting to get the progress you want, look more at the lifestyle factors then. A study that I always quote to people, if you sleep under six hours and more around four or five hours, on average, you're going to eat around 500 calories extra the next day. How much more difficult does that make fat loss over the course of weeks, months and years? Like it's huge. It's a huge yeah. compounding effect just yeah. by you going to bed on time. And it's yeah. probably not going to happen by getting up earlier. Like it, most of us could go to bed an hour earlier if we really tried, but we just don't. And I think that's where a good bedtime routine comes into play. And we're all scrolling for a little bit too long on an evening, aren't we? Yeah. And I think, think really think about your sleep pattern, your behavior, and also think about your sleep environment. So it should really be pitch black, ideally. You want it to be a, you know, a moderate temperature, not too hot, not too cold. No blue light 30 minutes before bed. So iPads, tablets, phones, TV off. That's the, probably the most difficult part of this for most people. And then you need to tire your mind out. Because you, you, you said you've made 35,000 conscious decisions that day. Well, your brain is still whirling by the time you go to bed. And often people think about all the things that they did during the day. Usually things that they could never have controlled anyway. That's what goes through their mind. So find a way to kind of switch your brain off and also tire out. So journaling, meditation, reading, listen to a podcast or audiobook, those are all really good ways to kind of unwind and tire your mind out. So think about your sleep pattern, your sleep routine, and then you're going, oh, I'm not making the weight loss progress that I want. It's because your sleep is shit, for one. And then you've got to think about stress I think level. Sleep, it, sleep is honestly like you need to start looking at it as like a superpower that I've just not unlocked Yeah. because everything feels easier when you are well slept and everything feels harder when you are underslept and it will literally bounce off in from your nutrition for your workouts in terms of how motivated you are to get out and do your steps. Like everything will be affected down to how motivated you feel to track your food and go on my fitness pal. Like when you are underslept, everything has a knock-on effect yeah and on the flip side if you are well slept every single day everything that you are doing to lose body fat all the behaviors all the habits will feel easier yeah massively you know and i think also if you're training so if you're actually putting a lot of focus into your training and you sleep shit 
your training is never going to be at the level you want it to. You're never going to hit the level you want. Yeah. You know, and your progress will be slowed in the gym or at home. If you're training at home, it will be slowed dramatically by a lack of sleep. You know, when you've had a good night's sleep and you've ate really well, you're going into the gym or you're training, you are fucking smashing that workout. Think of the time when you've had a shit night's sleep. Did that session go really well? Did you hit any personal bests? I would probably say no to that. So if you're constantly getting a per night's sleep, how can you ever make the progress in the gym that you want? So on the stress one, Grace, what would you advise for someone who does encounter a lot of stress in their life? Like what, what, what would you be saying for someone? Right, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. I know it's having a knock-on effect to my exercise routine and my diet. What would be your advice for someone who's in that scenario? I think the first big thing is to actually, you know, acknowledge that you are stressed. I think a lot of women and guys as well that we coach just don't acknowledge that they are, they have a lot of stress or that they've got home work-life stress. So I think acknowledge that you do have stress. That's number one. And then go, what are things that I can put in place when I feel a certain way? So the stress is the trigger. What can I do? You know, not everybody wants to meditate for 10 minutes. That's not everybody's cup of tea. Cool. So Find something that's going to work for you, but keep it really simple. So what I would say to clients is the really simple things work well. You just need to do them consistently. If you're feeling stressed, I would always say try and find at least five minutes for you during that during any point in your day that you can just relax yourself and unwind a little bit. So whether that's reading a book, listen to a podcast, ours, listen to music, uh, listen to an audio book having a chat with a friend, going for a coffee, going for a walk, anything that is going to take you out of that stress mode, you're in that fight or flight. So you need to do something as what they call like down-regulate yourself because you're really up-regulated at that point when you're stressed. So what can you do that will down-regulate all your cortisol levels? And it can take just five minutes. It can even be breathing exercises that can help. So Find something that's going to work for you. Everybody's very different and you won't know until you try. So try all of those different, you know, ideas. Meditation works, Headspace, Insight Timer. Um, but if you feel stressed and you just keep going and you don't do anything to kind of acknowledge that or combat that, you're not going to get anywhere. And that it's massive yeah, to be managing think, your stress. I think my top three would be um, just going for a walk, listening to a podcast or a bath. I think those three things for me, they're, they're the three things that if I do them immediately, I will de-stress and yeah. just start to feel a little bit calmer. But I was going to say as well, like for people, I always think that if you've got a normal standard routine and you're coming into a week of life, which you know is going to be a high stress week, for whatever reason it is high stress, you need to have a backup plan for certain things that you don't give optimal attention to on that week where you know it's going to be a high stress week. So in the normal routine, you might think, right, I'm doing four, four workouts, I'm doing 70,000 steps, I'm tracking all my food, I'm hitting my protein, hitting my calories. On that week where you know this is going to be a high stress week for me, just accept that changing the goalpost slightly is not a bad thing. Like you might say to yourself, if I can get to the gym twice this week and get 60,000 steps and still track all my food, 
And by the way, that's the priority that I would say for people. You, your nutrition needs to be the basic fundamental that stays in place, regardless of how stressful the week is. You don't just sack the healthy eating off and start eating shit. That should never happen. But you might say, I'll allow myself a couple of days at maintenance calories. I'm going to stick to my good diet. I might not get as many steps. And workouts wise, I'll do them as they come, if I can. That would be the order that I would say to people to prioritize. Prioritize your nutrition, still be active if you can. And if you can fit workouts in on top of that, that's a bonus. But even if you do one week where you can't make it to the gym or you make it to the gym 50% of the time, that will have absolutely zero effect on your long-term results. If anything, you're going to give your body a rest for a week and do two, doing two workouts instead of four means the week after you'll probably be less sore, your body will be revitalized and you'll feel stronger again for your next workout. Yeah. And I think there's where kind of just looking ahead and being planned and prepared comes in really handy. You know, if you, if a lot of people just kind of see a busy week and then just try and steamroller through it and then end up feeling completely burnt out by the end of the week and going, oh, fuck, didn't deal with that well. Whereas if you know you've got something coming up, plan for it. It's a bit like planning for a social event coming up. If you're planned, you're going to feel more empowered. You're actually going to deal with it way better and you'll end up being less stressed. So I think that that's such a good idea to actually look ahead. Have I got something coming up next week or Thursday or Friday? Right, what can I do? I won't be able to hit all of the things I normally do, but that's fine because it's a one-off. You know, but what can I do that's still going to make me feel good, that still means I'm prioritizing my health and I manage my stress better? I think the last one I wanted to cover, Grace, is some people need to be willing to just invest in themselves. And when I'm talking about investing yourself, I am going to refer it back to getting a coach. Because if you are seriously struggling to lose body fat and you've been going around in circles for the past five, 10 years, nothing seems to be sticking it needs to dawn on you that you need to try something different. And it's not a weakness to admit that you can't do this by yourself. Like I have a coach that helps me with my business. Does that mean I'm weak? No, it means that I'm smart. It means that I know where I want to progress to and having someone in my corner that has already been where I want to go and has the knowledge and the the, the systems in place that I can step over some puddles so to speak and and skip out on a few mistakes that I would have made if I'm doing it by myself that's not weakness that's smart moves so I think a lot of women say that they want to change their life but they don't want to change their life more than how much it costs to have that weekend away or that new tattoo that they want I actually had a consultation like last week I think where somebody was so up for the coaching but they had a tattoo that they needed to pay for. And and it's like, <laughs> I want to change my life, but not as much as I really want this tattoo. And these are people that are genuinely in really bad mental situations and their health is on a downward spiral. They aren't happy with themselves. They've got no self-confidence. But I'd rather invest in a tattoo than uh, than coaching. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, that that's something that we kind of would see a fair bit. I even kind of would see that in pe- like people that I know that would even come up to me because they obviously know I'm a coach and that 
you kind of say, look, well, that this is what it would cost, but this is the result. This is what you're going to learn, and it's going to be sustainable. And you have it for you have that knowledge forever. It's going to get you out of that diet cycle, that yo-yo cycle. And they kind of just go, oh, okay. And and everything else will be prioritized the whole day. The new car. You'll see clients go, oh, I can't afford to get coached, but they'll spend four hundred pound a month paying off a car that they really don't need, as in they don't need a car that costs that much. And you go, okay, so that's more important than your health, than you feeling good in yourself, than you being stronger, fitter, more capable for for life, have more energy, fit into the clothes that you want, build your confidence. And they don't see the the they they don't see sometimes the value in prioritizing themselves themselves. And yes, it does cost to get coached, but what you get from that is I mean, the value is insane. You know, I have a coach as well, and I don't even think twice about paying for that coach because the value that I get from having somebody kind of go, right, Grace, this is where we need to get to. This is what you need to work on. Giving me the knowledge that I need, holding me accountable, you know, making me prioritize myself when, you know, life is so busy, you end up going to the bottom of your list. That you can't actually put a value in that. And... I would how you've obviously been coaching a while, but I I genuinely notice that when clients get in shape, it has so many different knock on effects to their oh, life. Sometimes they like, it's so popular that clients get in shape and then earn more money, like they might get a raise at work or they might be self employed and start earning more because like there is a knock on effects that when you treat yourself well and when you are in shape it has an effect on everything you you're more confident how you show up every day at work like people start looking at you people start respecting you more because you're respecting yourself and that has a knock on effect like so many of our clients have got raises in their jobs or new jobs or have the confidence to go do something different have the confidence to go try a new hobby like ask for that raise at work, whatever it may be. But instead, some people think they need that. They need that flash car. They need that flash watch to get that confidence. They need that tattoo because that will give me a little bit of confidence. You're looking in all the wrong areas. Like yeah. if you genuinely improve your health and how you look at yourself and how you feel and your self confidence, that is going to do so much more for you than a a tangible treat that you give yourself a watch, a car, a holiday, a weekend away, a tattoo. Like people have the priorities absolutely fucked, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And like, like I, I kind of always, it makes me think back to me, you know, like I was in a dead end job. Like I was on minimum wage and like, we're going back a long time, 10 years now or more. And I was on like literally nothing, you know, at a like kind of shit car um, and felt shit. In my life, literally, there could not be a more different life than what I lead now as compared to back then because I prioritize myself, because I invested in myself, you know, and, and now I get to live the life that, that actually I love, that I enjoy because I made me more of a priority. And for most people that have been dieting a long time, if you invest in a coach, you're literally taking a shortcut to a better you but also a better life and a better lifestyle 
you're going to have increased confidence. You're going to feel better in yourself. You're actually going to put yourself forward for promotions. Your boss is going to notice it. We have a lot of like self-employed people that run businesses. Their business does so much better because they're more confident. They're also more organized. You know, they value themselves. Their self-worth is up. Their self their self-esteem is up. So yes, you're gonna you're gonna lose fat, but I mean the the knock-on effect of that just is massive. Your friends and family are gonna notice it. You're gonna have more energy for life. You're gonna want to do things you've never done before. So you know. Investing in a coach, yes, obviously there is a monetary investment there, but what you get out of it, you're actually not going to be able to fully understand that until you're in, until you actually do it, and then you'll go three months later, four months later. Holy shit, you know that was far yeah. better investment than that Audi A4 that I didn't fucking need because I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses or that shitty tattoo. It's true though, isn't it? Because if you start being organized and getting on top of things in one area of your life, it often works in many areas as well. So it, that's exactly how it works. Like when, when we're asking you to become more organized with your nutrition and, and start pre-planning certain things and being more proactive, you start to be more proactive with a lot of other things as well. And you can, you can genuinely see the quality of your life improve week after week. And I just don't think people realize that when they talk about investing into a coach. And it also doesn't help that a lot of coaches are absolute dog shit and they'll make you pay 150, 200 pound a month and you'll get a meal plan and a training plan and they'll wave you off and they'll drop you a message once a week on WhatsApp. Like that doesn't help as well. But yeah, I think that's, isn't it? Yeah. But I think that's the big thing to kind of take away is that especially when you're working with us, Yes, we're going to help you get the body that you want and help you lose fat, get lean, build some muscle. But we're also, and we say, I mean, we can say this because we literally see this and we have so many messages to back up, but we're going to improve your quality of life, as you've said, and also help with your mental health. When you, when you think of it like that as well, like the cost that you put into this coaching short term, you will spend that over the years on your shitty yo-yo diet and attempts and different little yeah. supplements. And maybe I'll try PT sessions for a month or maybe maybe I'll try buy this program. Like you'll end up accumulating a bunch of shitty little costs that don't really get you anywhere. But when we speak about coaching and say, right, like it'll cost you that once and then you'll, you won't have to pay anything ever again to to get where you want to be because you'll know how to get there and you'll maintain your results which you've never fucking done before in your life do it properly once and maintain the results and understand how to maintain them and that's where your life's going to change i think we've covered a lot there grace we have the big takeaway is we have we want to get results work with us i mean yeah yeah we could we could leave that as the final takeaway (laughs) on that note We've got no more Black Friday spaces available, but I'm going to be running a launch in January, which is going to be a bit of a giveaway slash competition. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And as always, if you do want to work with us, prices will be going up in January. So this would be a really good time to get yourself involved. Whether you want to start now or whether you want to start in January, you can make a payment now and jump on a program, which is going to be cheaper now than it would in January. So don't hold back if you are thinking about working with us. Drop us a message, fill out the application form in my Instagram bio. 
And yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Grace, for another amazing podcast. Um, and we will we will see you all next time. Episode what are we, 15 next time. Shit the bed. <laughs> see you guys.